We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, LightYears listeners? We're excited to invite you to the official LightYears slash Warriors World Draft Party, July 29th at Standard Deviant Brewery in San Francisco. Our first official show post-pandemic, food, drinks, real-time draft analysis, Q&As, special guests, free merch giveaways. And remember, your first drink is on us with a ticket purchase. We are excited and can't wait to see you there. Info to purchase tickets can be found on our social feeds and official LightYears link tree. Welcome to the Light Years Podcast. Andy Lou, how vindicated do you feel about the Warriors right now? I'm very happy. I'm very happy, both because we are right and always feels good to be right. Uh, and also the Warriors made very good decisions. I think there are people that cover the Warriors outside of us that are close to the team that also said, hey, these are very, very good coaching decisions, objectively. You know, I, I think part of me would probably have said if they had hired anyone, I probably would have trolled and spinned it and, and spun it and said, hey, whatever, whoever they hire is great, right? But objectively, Kenny Atkinson, right? Great hire. Like the other guy that they hired, Mihailovich, like we don't know. Mihailovich. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know. He, but Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way they've made three developmental hires mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Atkinson, Dejan uh, Mihailovich, and Jama Malalela. Uh, and I apologize for butchering these names. Um, all three of them, sterling development reputations from yes. different places. Yes. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. But they're at least the right type of hires. And quite frankly, what the Warriors have been missing for most of the Steve Kerr era, because I think people are um, reading into development as meaning they're going into a full rebuild. I don't see it that way. Every coaching staff in the NBA, whether you're contending or rebuilding, has a bunch of development coaches. Um, And the Warriors just really haven't because when Steve Kerr took over the team, they weren't really developing any players other than Harrison Barnes. Everyone was a vet who kind of knew how to play basketball and they needed a different kind of coaching. Yeah, and they needed Steve Kerr, actually. Like, that's the kind of coaching that they needed. They needed a system that maximized all of their skills. So this this part is a little bit harder to blame on Steve Kerr, where it's like the guy can only do so much. He can't do player development and then also 
figure out how to coach the team on a daily basis during games. Right. So we, at least I am happy that they realize that that's a weakness. So now that you realize that's a weakness, what do you do about it? And the Warriors hired three guys and maybe more here instead of keeping the same guys on the staff because the guys that they've had on the staff, Sam, the last few years outside of Steve Kerr aren't player development guys. They're keep the vets happy guys. They're rebound the ball for Steph guys. They're, you know, they're good dudes, but they're not let's make Jordan Poole a really good basketball player. And and let's be, yeah, and let's be clear with it. It's like this, the staff had gotten a little stale in general anyway. So it was time for some new voices to go in there, some new ideas, try some different things. I think development is because of the way the NBA is kind of constructed these days and the way the cap works, you kind of always have to be developing while you're competing. You have to have a Terrence man you're developing while you have Kawhi and Paul George. You have to have um, Nick Claxton, even though you got Katie and this stuff. Like you're, you're just, you have to be able to work within the margins. Obviously the Warriors in most in the most likely scenario are going to have both Wiseman and the number seven pick on the roster next year. Those guys obviously have higher upside and kind of um, we have bigger goals for them than to be Terrence Mann or, uh, or, you know, Nico Claxton or stuff like that. But it's like the same principle stands. You need to get young players developed while you're also competing. Yeah. And yeah, so even awesome. if the, even if the Warriors do make the home run trade, let's say they trade Wiseman and the number seven pick, they're still going to have a few young players on the roster or like, let's just say journeyman players who haven't stuck in the league that they're going to need to develop and make productive in the, in the fashion that, um, you know, let's say the Clippers did with like Zubach and Terrence Mann and those type of guys where it's just like, they coached them up, you know, like not everyone on that roster is Paul George or, um, Kawhi Leonard or Patrick Beverly, who knows exactly who he is. Like you just gotta, you gotta have some guys in there who, who, um, you know, it's kind of like you're taking a flyer on them and you're like, I bet I can make them a 15 to 20 minute per game guy. Yeah. And by the way, God, put Pat Bev in that discussion. Um, three, three teams that, that do that well, right? And we talk about them all the time. San Antonio, Toronto, Miami, three teams. They contend every year. They may not win a championship. Miami, you know, hasn't won since LeBron, but they made it to the finals. They also develop players at the same damn time. Toronto went all in, won a chip, but they're always in contention. Right. And then San Antonio, who, you know, again, hasn't won since Tim Duncan, but they have players that they develop DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker and Derek White. And, and, and like those guys, maybe they aren't superstars, but they develop yeah. those guys San, to be good NBA players. San Antonio's issue is their superstars DeMar DeRozan. And there's only yeah. so far that can get you. <laughs> I mean, same with Toronto, right? Like they only had to well, Toronto DeRozan actually <laughs> like that's, that's all they had. Like that, they could only take you so far, right? Kyle Lowry, who's awesome, but mm-hmm. you need a Kawhi. Uh, and then Miami, like Jimmy Butler, like these guys are tier two players, tier two stars. But when you can develop a Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, like that makes your makes your life better. Actually, bam out of bio. bio. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors, they have Steph Curry. They have, you know, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. And so they're hoping to add do. a couple more vets in some capacity. Maybe they're big time vets. Maybe they're more of the, uh, you know, the Nick Batum type of vet, which would be great, too. But like, you know. They're going to add a couple more vets, but any way you slice it, they're going to need to get productive player minutes from young players. So this is, this is a good thing. And this is an exciting thing for the Warriors. Now let's, let's talk about the actual hires. So let's talk about Kenny Atkinson. 
Kay Atkinson is the hire they made that we know the most about. If you um, want to learn about Mulejlovic, uh, you can check out the pod yeah. we did a couple of weeks ago on, on him. Uh, but Kenny Atkinson. So tell me the, what you think of when you think of Atkinson as a coach. Kenny Atkinson, that's the funniest one because we mentioned that. And, and I only mentioned that because he was the obvious name. I mean, like he was the name in Brooklyn when Brooklyn was going through their rebuild that helped. Your rebuild with B-list prospects, by the yeah. way, they didn't have a number two pick. They had, I mean, well, okay, technically they had number two pick in D'Lo. Well, literally you know. he was D'Lo, right? Literally. <laughs> but, but no, but like Spencer Dinwiddie, like that, that's, sure. that's, that's, that's Karis cool Levert. Yeah. Um, and we go down the list. Like they found a lot of guys who are like, we think we like this guy, but yep. you know, yeah. Anyway, keep yeah, going. And he ended up not being, he just ended up not being the coach for Brooklyn. Like that's one of the reasons why if you're asking like, Hey, why wasn't he hired? It's, they needed a vet coach. They needed a Steve Kerr, right? Like they did not need Kenny Atkinson. They needed Steve Kerr, who Steve Nash, right? Who's kind of like taking care of the vets and, and, and a little bit different, but the point remains. And so now the Warriors, I think, realize that they need someone like him. By the way, he's probably the most reputable guy that they're going to have on the staff. Kenny Atkinson's probably he's the leader. He's, he's the leader. Assist- coach again. Yeah, he's yeah. the lead assistant. I don't think they've... He's not staying for long. <laughs> they haven't defined um, if he or Mike Brown is the first lead assistant, but the, the, the point is he's in like an Alvin Gentry um, type of role where it's like, all right, this guy's more than just a PD coach. He's a yeah. uh, He's going to be active in game planning. He's going to be kind of Steve's right-hand man. And I think what excites me most about it is Kenny Atkinson doesn't necessarily come from the same school of thought as Steve Kerr with basketball. And that's something we've wanted. Like Kenny Atkinson's a lot more new school than, uh, than, than Steve Kerr. You know, he was an assistant for Bud, an assistant for Dan Tony, really believes in shooting a ton of threes, believes in the pick and roll, believes in pace, efficiency. He's big on using numbers to guide his schemes. Um, he's big on like, you know, new school health treatments. Like Brooklyn was one of the most meticulous organizations in terms of like, just kind of monitoring guys health, like them in Miami are very similar in that fashion. So, um, not that Kenny Atkinson is a doctor and he's the one who's doing any of that stuff, but it's like no more injuries next He's coming more. He's coming from, let's just say a little bit of a different basketball perspective than Steve Kerr. And one thing I've always kind of one thing I do like about Steve Kerr is he's shown he's willing to consensus build. He may be stubborn. You may have to um, really work at selling him on an idea that's like not his number one idea, but he will listen to it eventually. All coaching staffs is that's the point. It's a coaching staff. It's not Steve Kerr making the unilateral decision every time. And when he first came to the Warriors, he brought in Alvin Gentry and Rod Adams, who are star assistant coaches and since then rod adams taken a step back and and alvin gentry's gone so the easy pick is they've kind of promoted within the problem with promoting within is that those guys probably aren't as talented right so it is cool to see they may or may not be and and from what we saw with the warriors they're they're probably not up to the the standard that you want and also those guys are going to be less willing to say no to Steve because those guys are Steve's guys. It's, it's the same, like, it's like work when, if it's your guy, you're less willing to say, at least in, in my opinion. So Kenny Atkinson, like you said, I think that's a great point that I kind of forgot is that he's a guy that will tell Steve, this is what I think we should do. 
Um, and the, you know the infamous Nick Uren story. Not infamous. Why don't we look at Nicky yeah? Story. Why don't we look at this? What about this idea? Different yeah. than your idea. Look at these numbers I have for you, which show that maybe we should play Jordan Poole next to Steph Curry more often. Stuff like that. You know? Yeah. You're right. The Nick <laughs> the Nick Uren story is a prime example, and like Steve loves to give assistance credit and stuff like that. Oh, he does. Oh, he does. Yeah, I think uh, also. I think one more thing about the PD stuff is that it's not really just about James Wiseman. I think like Jordan Poole has so much left to grow. And I mean, it's not about James Wiseman Even and Book Knight, right? Like Jordan Poole has so much left to grow. Eric Pascal's probably yeah. on the roster next year. He had a nightmare year two, but like he did have a promising year one. Do you believe Eric Pascal would be a better player if he was in San Antonio or Toronto? Is all I'm saying. I could see them. Like, I'm not saying he's know. a superstar, but maybe the defense and the jump shot comes around quicker in an organization who knows how to develop that stuff better than the Warriors. Marquise, Chris, the Warriors did a good job on, like you can see him maybe getting better and being kind sure. of a guy for the, like, that's another name, right? Like we forget it's not just about, you know, getting book night in here and getting Wiseman in here. Like it's about everybody else, especially how about Juan Toscano Anderson. Juan's not young, but, yeah. and, and yeah. he knows how to play. He's got a high IQ. He plays very hard, but like, there are a lot of things he could improve on too. He could become a better shooter. You know, he could do a lot of things that would take him from being like a nice eighth, ninth man to like maybe a closing lineup player or like at least a sixth man type, you know? Yeah. By the way, mentioned, what do you know about John Malalela? Cause he's, he's the Raptor. It seems like he's, I mean, you see the Twitter stuff about him. He is, uh, it seems like he's like the best player development guy. And obviously Toronto is, is incredible, but do you know anything about him? Seems like you do. He was the head coach of the 905, which is their G League affiliate, um, when Chris Boucher went there. And Boucher, uh, who Warrior fans will remember, credits uh, that whole staff, Pajama specifically, for really like unlocking his game and giving him confidence. I Let's see if I can find the specific... Uh, oh, here it is. There's a specific quote that um, uh, Boucher said. He said, Coach Jama has done an amazing job with me in terms of giving me confidence. He helped me realize that I was always able to do things I'm doing this season. When I first got here, I was timid to with my play. It sh I showed in flashes, but was never able to do it on a consistent basis. Coach Jama and the whole staff at 905, they really made me realize that I can do it every play. They taught me to be a leader, how to play, with a certain level of intensity and something I've always had, but wasn't able to put on the floor consistently. Hold on, so hold, seems on. hold on, yeah, hold on. What you just said, literally, James Wiseman, timid, lacking some. Confidence. I thought you were gonna say smile, Geech. Oh, God, stop. <laughs> hey, we're, this is a serious podcast. Come on, no, but um, Smiley, send it. Uh, he's gone, right? But although, 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 if these guys can get Smiley to become an NBA player, my God, I mean, I, these guys are MVPs. But like, I think of James Wiseman, like literally. As okay, we're gonna print in Kent We Trust shirts. Yo. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! If they can get Smiley back. I mean, not back anyway yeah but. getting back to your wise no point i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> now i'm thinking about smile what they would no like like the the lacking confidence the putting the aggressiveness in him like james wiseman has that we've seen him have confidence we've seen him play with passion he has those flashes i mean like that's what the warriors if they can do that with james wiseman james wiseman is going to be a fantastic nba player fantastic like he has more upside than boucher could even dream of and so that's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that Deandre Ayton does better than James Wiseman, most notably his hands. 
and his ability to switch, right? But the thing that sticks out to me that's different between Aiton and Wiseman is confidence is like, DeAndre Aiton is highly confident in what he can do. And James Wiseman, I swear to God, two bad plays, shoulders slunk, right? If I could just get Wiseman playing with confidence, I'm totally cool living with like him bobbling some passes here and there and like, you know, stuff that should improve over time, right? It's like, and, and yeah, it's, it's, that's what coaching is. He sees a talented, but inconsistent guy who doesn't always bring the right intensity or focus and they get him going in the right direction. And it feels like with the Warriors, that hadn't really been the case with a lot of players. And you could also say, okay, well, it's not that easy to play with like guys like Draymond and Steph who are so accomplished when you're not accomplished, like you're afraid to make a mistake in front of them. But like, Coaching staff's got to be able to help players get over those fears. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll never be able to play. Kid was 19. Like, like, come on. Like, the job is to get that kid confident. Uh, you can't, can't – like, anybody would lose confidence out there. You got to be a real insane Deion Waiters type to not lose confidence. Or Kyle Kuhn. But then we see the opposite side, right? Like, you got guys that are too confident. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Coaching staff, good stuff. Do we want to get to the Steph quotes quickly here? Yeah, so Steph Curry had some quotes uh, at the, was the ACC golf tournament, Lake Tahoe. Anthony Slater, friend of the show, uh, beat writer extraordinaire, you know, found a way to weave in some questions about the draft picks. Steph, uh, since the last time uh, we talked to you, uh, you know, Warriors got seventh pick, 14th pick. Well, what do you think about, uh, I guess, the potential plan this summer, those assets, and just uh, the opportunity to roster build this summer? I mean, it's a great position to be in, knowing how we're trying to retool and the level that we're trying to get back to. We do have a lot to work with, you know, with potential picks, guys coming back, um, hopefully enticing some free agents to, to, to come out to the Bay and be a part of a winning organization, how we do things. So, um, I mean, I feel like everything's on the table at this point. There's you know, a lot of time before the draft and before training camp and in free agency period. So uh, I know nothing really happens till after the finals and, and you really get down to what are we really trying to do? What do we need? You know, just looking around the league at how quickly things move. So staying, I know we're staying patient. I've talked to Bob, I've talked to Joe, I've talked to Coach Kerr, you know, over the last couple of weeks and things are fluid. Let's put it that way. It's just a matter of trying to put the best team out there. And I know we're all committed to doing that. So. 
you know, where we stand right now, the finals are still going on. So, uh, you know, there's still time to kind of figure that out. Steph, sorry, I meant to ask this follow-up earlier on the question. Uh, you know, you mentioned you've been in kind of talks with, with Bob and Joe. Um, are you looking at any of the draft guys? And then are, would you feel comfortable adding two, two more rookies onto the roster? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's still, it's still – I don't know you don't like this answer, but it's still a lot to kind of figure out. I know uh, with 7 and 14, there's probably going to be some legit talent there that uh, – if it's the best player in the right fit, like of course they could, you know, make an impact and and um, be ready right away to play some significant minutes, and then hopefully get better throughout the season to be ready for a potential playoff run. But you know, you got you got a lot of different talented guys, and you don't know how that one through six goes and how things change really quickly. So um, you know, I've always loved to get my input and be a part of that process. But you know, as it stands right now. We haven't. I don't think we've had any guys within that top one through fourteen even come out to the bay to work out yet. So it's just a lot, lot, lot of moving parts and pieces, and things can change really quickly. So, what are your first thoughts on what Steph said, Andy? Steph is one of the nicest people in the league. Very, very good person. He is fifth percentile interesting <laughs> during interviews. He is the least interesting person. Uh, he's monotone. He doesn't talk about anything. He's relentlessly positive. Um, end of the day, I don't care what he says because it doesn't mean anything. He's the most politically correct person. He's never going to say anything that really is going to blow, blow up Twitter or social media. So if, in my opinion, if you are going to take his words as face value or twist it a certain way, I mean, you've never heard Steph talk. Right. And I think the 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 thought process for a lot of people watching those quotes is that, oh, Steph is happy with the way ownership is going. I don't know. It could be true. It could not be true. I thought there I, I don't some, think so. I thought yeah. there were some tells in there. I think uh, here's here's what I think. One. He seems to have an open line of communication with Bob, Correct. Joe and Steve, which is the most important thing, because I, I the, the last thing you want as a warrior fan is him being resentful that they're not like trying to put a better team on the floor. Um, but when he keeps saying it's fluid to me, that reads as I don't care if we keep the picks or we trade them or some combination. I just want more talent on this team who can contribute next year. Like, do I think Steph would be happy if they got like, the Tyrese Halliburton of this draft cast, in other words, a rookie who can contribute in a winning way immediately. Of course he would. He wants to play with more winning players. But do I think he'd be upset if they traded the seven pick for, let's say, a guy who's like 27 who can help him win right now? Or they did like the big trade for Pascal Siakam? No, I think he'd be happy anyway. I think the one thing he said there was like, he didn't want to do the LeBron thing. No, which he's is not. Like, he's which is like, because I think he understands if he's putting pressure to trade the picks, it kills the Warriors' leverage because they have no cap space, period. I, I, I also I, – yeah, go ahead. Oh, I also think Steph is old school. He's not – He's not. one thing, he's not coming out here. He's not going to say anything. He's not going to leak anything, right? Mm -hmm. He's Number one, he's not doing that. Number two, I also think that he says, I'm going to play basketball. You guys make the decisions. I, I would be shocked if Steph is going out there and saying – you either need to trade the pick or you need to do this. Like I would be shocked. I think Steph would probably say, 
guys, I would prefer you guys get me a vet player with the seventh pick. But if you feel that you need to draft this guy because you think he's going to be better, by all means. Like, I don't – Steph is not going out there and saying, give me Pascal Siakam. I think he'd be cool with it. I think it'd also be cool with pretty I think much he wants anything. Pascal Siakam, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but yeah um, right, right. I but do think you're. Yeah. I, I do think you're hitting at the point. I think the difference between Steph and, um, let's say, like LeBron, uh, and not just LeBron, like James Harden, pretty much uh, anybody now, pretty yeah. much anybody. I don't think Steph necessarily wants, or sorry, needs them to add another All Star. Um, he's cool with it. He's. Yeah. I think yeah. Steph is. Steph thinks he's the best player in the league, and he might be, which he is. And I think he just wants a better roster. And if that means you get Pascal Siakam or Ben Simmons and you kind of go with the cheap vet signings around it, that's cool. If it means you add a rookie, you can contribute and you use your mid-level and you build more of a strength and numbers roster. That's cool too. Yep. Yep. I don't think he cares which way you go about it. I just think he doesn't want a roster where Kelly Oubre is starting and they're only playing seven guys and the, the kind of the things we saw this year, I think he's totally cool with it going either direction. I think he's cool with adding a 25 point per game score or adding like three, like Barbosa, Iguodala type of guys who can like really help solidify like this rotation and where James Wiseman is now like the ninth man and not like the biggest concern, like his whole hope of competing doesn't come down to James Wiseman taking a huge step. Yeah, which which here here's the thing. If you're Bob Myers, you're you're Joe Lacob. This is the superstar that is most preferred. Like you get the incredibly reasonable job. Yeah, reasonable, optimistic. You get to do your job. Now you got to do your fucking job. I think the difference between a lot of the times in the NBA is James Harden is not going to he's not going to sit here like you just said. He's not going to wait for the shit. Steph, like he's going to say. You think he wants Steph? Used the word patience. I don't think we would ever hear Harden, LeBron. KD. Any of those guys use the word patience. But, They're like, why, why should I be patient? You get it done today, you know, which or you is, get it I done by fair. opening day. I don't yeah, care. Which is, I <laughs> think kind of fair, right? Like, which is not a, like Damian Lillard is another guy who's now, we thought he was like Steph. No. Right. And, uh, and love, love Dame, love Dame. Well, but they've I mean, also screwed the pooch. They've screwed yeah, the pooch. yeah, he's, he's been as loyal as one could hope for, for a while. But yeah, that, your point that, stands that that's why I think that's like, it goes both ways, right? The, the Steph has helped build this, this organization. And let's, let's be very clear. It has been like 95% Steph Curry and, and Draymond and clay. It has like front office cool, but like all of this stuff is down to the players themselves. So I think if you're, you're Joe, you're like, this is the superstar that you want, man. Like this is Tim Duncan. He is giving you, the ability to make these decisions. He is not saying you need to trade the pick. I did. Um, I did also think when he said patience, there was like a little, like, I don't want to be patient, but I don't know what else I can really do because not we're capped out. Like, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I'm messing around, but, <laughs> but yeah, but like, I mean, I think he's, I think he's playing it. I think for warrior fans perspective, his answer was a little telling, but it's like, perfect. He's bought in. Uh, he's not like demanding one specific move, uh, but he's not like killing the Warriors' leverage. Either. Yeah, he's gonna wait until all the moves are made this offseason before signing the extension. I think that's that's the right way to do it. Um, and so, I personally don't think those quotes tell me too much. Steph is who Steph is, and we've known that for a long, long, long time. He's not gonna change, and it's probably for the better. Oh. All right, man. Appreciate you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll have a pod out with Wasserman uh, in a few days. Bye.